0: Podcast that introduces you to registered, clinical, and certified aromatherapists around the world. I'm your host, Melissa. I'm a holistic life coach and a registered aromatherapist. Join me every other week as we chat with aromatherapists and hear about their aromatic journeys and how they use essential oils in their lives and in their businesses. Hey, friends! Welcome to podcast episode number 26, Aromatic Chat. I'm excited to be talking with Laura today because it's going to give you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes view of what it takes to become an aromatherapist, as Laura is at the tail end of her education. Before we dive in, though, I wanted to let you know about a friend of mine, Dominic McDonald, who has his own podcast, No Excuses Do the Work. As soon as you're finished listening to this episode of Aromatic Chat, I invite you to hop over to your favorite podcast platform and follow No Excuses Do the Work. You'll be glad that you did. Now, let's get started. My daffodils are out. Spring is here. Nice. <laughs> Finally. Well, it looks like you have spring all the time where you are because it's uh, that lemon yellow color in that room. <laughs> Very bright. Yes. It's, it's, you need that up there in the north, right? You need those bright colors.
1: Yeah. And actually, that's kind of a carryover from my mom because she always wanted a yellow kitchen because she needed the brightness because she was depressed. Spring. And then I was the same way. So it's like gimme break. Yeah. We're under stay at home order again cuz our numbers are climbing. is yeah. not doing so good at the moment. So this region is under a stay-at-home order until yeah. the end of April, probably into mid-May at least, because of Mother's Day.
0: What are you going to do? It's a virus.
1: It has to run its course. That's all it can do. Be smart about it, but you kind of have to go with it. So it's I was perfect.
0: found on the internet. I couldn't find a whole lot. I
1: have gone very well being pretty much an internet ghost. I'm glad to hear that it's been successful. With the yeah. aromatherapy, I'm Like coming in right on the ground floor. So there's not a whole lot about me out there yet, because I've only fired up the uh, social media stuff about two, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had a chance to keep up with my medium publication, which is where I'm going to get the most SEO. We're still a little bit of an internet ghost. We're just kind of going to slide in under the radar. My husband and I weren't anywhere near Facebook until we were out to visit one of the kids and she said, well, you should go on Facebook because they have Marketplace. You would probably use Facebook Marketplace. We joined Facebook and we have not even touched Marketplace. (laughs) So it was only, what, last week or the week before that through Gritted Teeth, I actually signed up for my own personal account just for the business to kind of try to do a little bit of that networking and get my name out there. My thing is to... Start with this social media and then use that just as you say to get a little bit of a footprint happening out there, get my name out there. But my ultimate goal is to start my own website or have somebody do it for me so I can maintain it because that way I can have everything in one kind of central repository instead Absolutely. of being, you know, Facebook here, Twitter there. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. I kind of went very tentatively into the website thing and, and even this really teeny micro business type thing that years go with quilting and it didn't really go anywhere but it gave me a background in doing your own website a little bit about seo and a little bit about how to navigate the internet it'll be nice to be able to kind of pull some of that back together instagram's totally new to me and i'm like pictures what so quilting how long have you i actually started quilting in 2010 I have a few years experience, but I also have a really big gap in there. Quilted for about four years and I can piece no problem at all. But when it comes to actually quilting, I haven't quite mastered how to keep the quilt still where I want it so that it doesn't go all over the place. And my quilting designs actually turn out the way I want them to. <laughs> Hand quilt. Yeah, that's the idea. A lot of times people will send it out, send a quilt out to the yes. long armor. When I first started quilting, I'm like, that's cheating. And then I've found out how much it took to do hand quilting and then even machine quilting. And I'm like, I'm going to send it to the long armor. <laughs> so I quilted for four years. The quilt I made for my grandson in 2014 did not turn out the way I wanted it to. So I just stepped away. Then I, my granddaughter was born in 2017. And I'm like, I got to make her a quilt. And I've been quilting ever since I've already taken over so much of the house with my quilting stuff that now when I'm looking at possibly starting getting into formulating my husband's there nope, you are not taking over any more rooms
0: you might need a work shed
1: there are options yeah there are definitely options
0: <laughs> yeah I always thought it would be great to have a quilt shop in my backyard
1: oh it would <laughs> Wow, so many things, so many options. It's actually funny because last year, the beginning of last year, before just before the pandemic, I had said in January or the end of December, I'm not buying any more quilt books. I didn't buy any more quilt books last year, didn't buy any patterns, didn't really buy any fabric or kits. but aromatherapy books, essential oils, you name it.
0: That's my reading pile. Some of it is fun reading. Some of it is educational reading. Some of it's aromatherapy. Some of it's psychology and coaching and just, yeah.
1: And that's another reason that you're behind on your quilting because of
0: all the books. Absolutely. So (laughs) cornerstone aromatherapy progress Because you said you're at the jumping off. You're just now jumping in, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just coming in on the ground floor. Okay, when I signed up for the Franklin classes, <laughs> the certification class, I knew that they kind of taught you how to do a business plan and kind of prepared you for that jumping off. But at my age and stage of life, I'm like, yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. And then the further I'm getting into it, I'm like, maybe let's just see how far we could take this. It's funny because I was 51 when I started the classes. It was a vocal craft show that I went to with a friend in November of 2019. So again, before the pandemic, one of the vendors, and she had like the the bracelets, the the necklaces, you know, your aroma jewelry, your roller bottle blends, and that kind of reignited an interest that I had years and years ago, but I never did anything with. So true to my form, I came home, Googled the business name. (laughs) And from there, I'm finding out there's safety information out there now. That wasn't around like late 90s, early 2000s. There are certification classes. Some of the curriculums look actually pretty good. Like there's a lot more science behind it. And then I'm like, but I don't like science. I'm I'm not scientifically inclined. I grade 11 physics nearly killed me. I skipped any other high school science after that. No chemistry background whatsoever. And I'm like, huh, science. So in the, that Google period, I came across Tisserian Institute. And they just happened to be running the aromatic chemistry certificates with Dr. Joy Bowles. And I'm like, huh chemistry. So I signed up for it just to see how. how, what is this chemistry stuff about? Is it going to make me cry again? Can I handle it? Maybe if this makes sense, maybe that's the point at which I can consider going farther with other classes, certification, what have you. The way that she explained it like It was great. I still don't understand a lot of it, but I know enough and I know where to find the information and it makes sense. And I'm like, Okay, I'm 51 years old and I am on my way to becoming a science nerd.
0: What is this? So my daughter, she was in high school, just beat herself up left and right because she didn't understand math. Algebra just eluded her and we homeschooled. So I found an easier curriculum that still presented the skills and she was able to do okay in the class, but she beat herself up over this. And I said, honey, when you get to college, if that's the route you choose, and you have to take a math class, I can almost guarantee you'll understand it because your brain will have matured further and you'll be able to grade concepts. So yeah, 51 and Science Nerd makes total sense to me because you're at a different place in life. You've got all these life experiences behind you that have paved the way for you to get right here, right now. And I think that's that's beautiful. I love it.
1: Yeah, but it's funny because everything I said I would never do Everything I said I would never use. So I'll never use science. I'll never use chemistry. Okay. I'll never use geometry. I became a quilter.
0: But you're more inclined when it's something you enjoy.
1: Exactly. And when you're applying it. Yep. And it's not your abstract. That's a really big part of it.
0: Huge part. Yes. Oh yes. Massive part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's great. So we've talked a little bit about your journey. But what is it that got you interested in aromatherapy to begin with? You mentioned back in the 90s, early 2000s. What was it that sparked your interest? It was
1: actually a visit to a the local health food store. As I've mentioned, that I dealt with depression for a lot of years, and I tried quite a variety of different things to try to help me cope with it. Back in, in the day when aromatherapy was and essential oils were first kind of being mentioned, the health food store, they had a really, really good selection of books back at that time. I would stand there, like just flipping through all these books. They had Valerie Wurwood's complete book of aromatherapy, Chrissy Wildwood's encyclopedia. So those were two that caught my attention and I actually asked for those for Christmas one year and my husband got them for me they're still on the bookshelf standing in that store because they had the book section but then they had the little aromatherapy section so they had the testers and you know a variety of other things it was great like it had everything I needed I think it was back then that I actually bought a couple little of the candle diffusers and I started doing a little bit of diffusing and um As I said before, the safety information, I would put them just straight in the bath. Found out the hard way there that you really can't do that without a dispersant. (laughs) So I'm really big on the safety thing now. But I found at that time, a lot of it was the new age stuff. And I was just a young Christian, so I didn't want to get too deep into it. I wasn't sure if that was a good idea or if I would be compromising my already young faith and the other thing was the oils got too expensive a different stage of life I was still working we were still Mm. you know the kids were still at home and everything when you're talking sandalwood that sort of thing I've held off on you know rose and sandalwood until I really have a need for them and then I'll spring it but that's also part of kind of my philosophy of not just buying an oil because I want the oil but making sure I have a use for it because otherwise like said I've already taken over. Half of the fridge.
0: I have a little mini fridge in my office. Yeah.
1: That's my essential oil refrigerator. That's it. I need one of those. We haven't got one yet, but it's on the on the agenda for sure.
0: Definitely, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) So you're in the beginning stages of your business. Are have you graduated with your certificate already? No, not yet.
1: I am about two-thirds to three-quarters of the way through. I've got One more full class to do, professional aromatherapy, and I'm just about done my second to last class, but I have to get this paper done first. Okay. And I've kind of been stuck there. Then from there, like that's all I have to do on this second to last class. Then I'm into the professional aromatherapy class, which deals with a lot more of, you know, just kind of cementing everything together that you've learned so far as far mm-hmm. as the practice goes and doing a few more case studies. But I'm not worried about that because that'll come together but by the time the co- some of the COVID restrictions are lifted. That is about the time I'll probably be ready to deep dive into these case studies, which is going to be another bunch of writing. I want it to be done by June. I don't know that that's going to happen. If it's not by the beginning of summer, it will be by the end of the summer. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Um, Just as a word of encouragement, I do all of my consults online everything. Perfect. If I'm concerned about the blend itself, whether or not they will like it before they buy it, I do have the little perfume sample thingies that I can send them. Oh, okay. Oh, there's, mm-hmm. there's a way to do it. Perfect.
1: Yeah. I may have to look into doing something like that. Shouldn't be too hard to set up so that yes. I can definitely keep in my back
0: pocket. Definitely. Two down the line. What the things that you are seeing more frequently in your aromatherapy business? Like what are people coming to you and saying,
1: help? The one thing that does seem to keep coming back, had dealings with is stress. It all comes back to stress. And then the, you know, the physical problems that you have as the result of stress, if you can get people to de-stress, which is where some of the formulation is starting to come into play, especially like with my massage therapist. She sees a lot of the stress in her clientele and she wants a bunch of bath salt for the self care, right? For the me time to be able to unwind, to be able to get yourself recentered. So that's kind of the way that I'm looking right now, like not just for her, but just as a, a direction to take. Mm-hmm. Because that, that is a good one. And a lot of the blends that you do in a bath salt, you can also do in, in an inhaler or something like that, or even your roller bottle. And yes. I also found out if you have a roller bottle that isn't doing it for you anymore, got your essential oil already blended with your carrier. Yep. All you have to do is put that in like 90 or 100 grams of salt. And there you go. Yeah, I've done that with a couple One person in particular that I have testing some of these salts and so far said, yeah, like them all. Do you have anything for arthritis? (laughs) I'm like, not yet, but let me work on that. As a matter of fact, I can make that happen. Yes. The thing that is fascinating, too, for me is the amount of research base that's out there now. So Cornerstone is not going to be marketed as an evidence-based business, or even really evidence-led, because that didn't really sound right, but it's going to be research-led. So what you do, or what I've been doing, is looking at some of the studies that are out there. It gives you a jumping off point. And one blend that I have got somebody testing right now and one that I've actually tested myself is uh, for menstrual cramps. There's a lot of studies out there of different blends, different combinations for menstrual cramps. And there's one in particular that was listed in one of the Tisserand courses. That actually does help. It takes the edge off. So you know, there's potential there, which, okay, it might just add anecdotal evidence. But, you know, if you get enough of that anecdotal scientific evidence, then sooner or later, people are going to say, Oh, maybe it's a little bit more than
0: pseudoscience after all, right? You have to start somewhere. Yes, you're doing amazing things up there in Ontario. I know you're still in school and you're still exploring and still learning, but what would be your three favorite essential oils right now?
1: Right now, I hate to say it because it's everybody's favorite, but lavender, just because of of its versatility. It blends with everything. I've got Two 1% roller bottles that I've just added like five drops of each or ten drops of each to a spoonful of Epsom salt. And I've got like lavender rose smelling salts that are, you know, working great to calm a little bit of brain chatter. It blends well with citrus for a bath, you know, or a bath salt. So lavender would have to go down this one. I'm kind of on a citrus kick at the moment. So lemongrass, lemon, orange. Lime, and my third one has to be wintergreen, and that I just love the smell of it. Okay. I don't have to do anything
0: with it, but smell it from the bottle. You're the first person to mention that one. Citrus is always really, really high up there, and of course, most mm-hmm. people throw lavender in. But I mean, lavender is what started this whole thing, anyway, <laughs> with aromatherapy. Yeah, really yeah I was thinking of that.
1: It's like, yeah, wintergreen, you know I, I have not done anything with wintergreen because of the you know all the cautions and contraindications surrounding it, but I can just take the lid off and just smell it and just mm, just escape. Nice. <laughs> I want to try a couple. blends with it but the people that I know that I would like to try it with are contraindicated so I really can't
0: right that is definitely one of the ones you have to be extremely cautious with what is getting you really excited right now personally or professionally
1: at the moment I could give you actually one of each professionally when I get this paper more or less done I'm going to sign up for lab aroma oh nice And I'm looking forward to that, but I cannot do it yet because I will go on a rabbit trail and I will not get anything else done (laughs) because I love stuff like that. And the way that Colleen has everything detailed and outlined, and then just learning a new program and clicking on this and clicking on that. And it's going to boost my blending skills and my formulating, like, wonderfully I'm really looking forward to that I have to put it in its proper place (laughs) and on the personal front we're looking the guild that I'm with is looking at planning a quilt show for 2022 which was cancelled of course in 2020 due to the COVID and we're not really sure about going forward with 2022 depending on you know the COVID and the various factors involved but it is giving everybody hope that you know there might be light at the end of the tunnel and this is going to actually put me back into quilting mode because the quilts that I had long-armed that I intended to put in last year's show have been sitting there for the year while I've been pursuing the aromatherapy stuff. So now I've got to go back to that, finish them, do the binding, put sleeves on and get them ready for the show. So that will at least finish maybe four quilts is what I'm looking at. I just have to figure out the short way to bind it. You can bind it on the machine, but it never really turns out the way I want it to. So I think I may just have to bite the bullet and just do some hand binding. They're not really big quilts anyway.
0: I typically machine the one side and then hand bind the rest. Yeah. Yeah. It cheapens what you've done when you have that really crappy looking binding. (laughs)
1: You know what? You're right. And that's one thing that I have found. And like, even with my quilting not going the way I want it to, that's what it does. It kind of cheapens the look of the whole quilt. The person that did the long arming, like did such a wonderful job, like just
0: gorgeous. So
1: these ones deserve a proper binding.
0: (laughs) I've only been to one quilt show and it was the national quilt show in Houston, Texas.
1: Believe it or not, I haven't been to any, even though I'm helping to organize the Hamilton Guild show and I signed up to help organize last year so I'm just carrying that over they're talking about this quilt show and I'm like "Eh, never been don't know what you're talking about (laughs) I'm kind of looking forward to that because it is a new experience that'll be fun and I never never really would have thought that anything I did would be like show worthy but you know it's not a juried show so you're just sharing your work
0: I have one quilt that I believe would be show worthy when it's done (laughs) hand pieced and hand quilt the entire thing and the only reason I did it is because I was like I wonder if you know because back in the days of Little House on the Prairie they had to hand stitch everything I wonder if
1: that is a goal of mine actually to do a hand stitched, hand quilted, but yeah. not right now. <laughs>
0: You've already done some case studies. What's been your favorite yeah. so far? Favorite so far
1: is one that I did for carpal tunnel. Being 51, I have, you know, a lot of aches and pains and stuff that I can experiment on myself with. If somebody, you know, has a similar problem, you can say, Oh, well, try this. So I did that. And actually, the blend that I made was one that I came up with as an assignment, I believe, in the second term. So, the advanced aromatherapy. And I just blended like eh, 25% this, 25% that. And it was rosemary, marjoram, black pepper, and ginger for carpal tunnel. Yeah, it worked. And I'm like, Perfect. I passed it on to somebody that also is dealing with carpal tunnel and did a case study with her and her symptoms of carpal tunnel were a little bit different than mine, but she said it still helped her like take the edge off some of the symptoms, the numbness and the tingling and the the pain.
0: Yeah. The sharp pains. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So since then I've made another blend only I Okay. Oils with similar properties, but I infused St. John's wort with cayenne to get that rubefacient effect. That works really uh, well. Uh, cayenne. <laughs> yes. Just don't lick your fingers. <laughs>
0: That's exciting. It's exciting when we see it work, right? Exactly. It's awesome. So we talked a little bit about your lack of social footprint, but how can we find you um, if they love what they've heard today and they want to s- connect with you and and work with you how can people find you
1: um, i am on instagram and facebook i do have a twitter that's mainly my own personal article repository email is probably the best way Aromatherapy at gmail.com
0: and probably you early on that you write for Medium.
1: Yeah, I started a publication there. The idea behind that is to lay a bit of groundwork for one of the books that I'm going to write. I'm going to use it as a rough draft. It'll be subject to a lot of change, to a lot of editing and whatnot, but the original ideas are going to hopefully wind up on Medium. And from there, once I do start my own website, I will move it over to my personal blog. What I'm hoping to keep my blog title, but I may have to change it because it's too long. It's musings from the corner of science and scent. So we're using rational fact, common sense, and really simplified science to debunk a lot of the myths and clear up a lot of the misconceptions that are just so prevalent in aromatherapy right now. One of the first things, like, early on when I started looking at classes and that is just the phenomenal amount of misinformation that's out there. A lot of misunderstandings. A lot of it, I believe is just talking points that have been repeated so often without any fact-checking that they're just believed as fact, even though basic science tells you that it's not. Things like essential oils being the lifeblood of the plant, maybe at one time with alchemy and whatnot, but botany is pretty clear that they are a secondary metabolite (laughs) and the lifeblood of the plant is your sap. So that's the sort of thing I'm going to address on Medium via my blog, and then compile a whole bunch of questions and answers into a book. Aromatherapy answer book.
0: Very good. This is the chance for you. I mean, you've been on the planet for a while. This is the chance yeah. for you to uh, um, just something encouraging or inspiring that touches your soul that you want other people to know.
1: I think the big thing is that people need to not be afraid to think for themselves, right? There's a lot of what I call groupies out there who do repeat a lot of the same talking points, but things have changed. We need to discard what doesn't work. And that's kind of going to be where I come in. I'll be pushing in the background <laughs> cornerstone aromatherapy. Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. It's, coming.
1: it's amazing. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on Aromatic Chat. I appreciate you tremendously. Thank you for having me. Hey, friend. I wanted to thank you so much for listening to Aromatic Chat. I want to let you all in on a little not-so-secret. My passion in life is seeing others succeed, and seeing how many people are listening to Aromatic Chat is fueling that passion. Thank you so much. We have reached 500 downloads in just five months. I'm so honored that you choose to listen to each episode and that you share Aromatic Chat with your friends and family. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and be sure to check out the show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. If you enjoy Aromatic Chat, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find me, your life coach and registered aromatherapist on the web at lemonbalmcoaching.com. I'll see you next time with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics.